Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For Love of Pomegranate Podcast. It's Neil and Patty. We're back again after a long-awaited break. Well, once it was a long-awaited, it was a long-awaited time off, I suppose, really, but an enforced break and a break that I don't think we, we, uh, we, we as fans didn't want, but I'm sure the players themselves will have uh, garnered some good rest and some good recovery uh, from the break that we've just had. And obviously, we're coming into what I would call a pseudo-derby. I don't consider it a derby. Against Wolves, what's what's your view on it, Paddy? What what's your view on a game like this? It's um, I don't I don't think it's a derby. But. No, I think I think the I think the purists will tell you it's not a derby from from a Villa point of view. Um, obviously, there's a lot of people that would go to Villa Park that have got to sit and work with Wolves fans on a, a daily basis. So for them, it's a big game. Um, no, for me, it's not a derby. Uh, West Brom will be a derby next week, and and Blues, if we ever play them again, will be a derby. But uh, no, not Wolves for me. Yeah, it's uh, like yeah. I want that doesn't mean him. that doesn't mean I like them or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I want to I want to beat him. You know, we all know that they're the Dingles. They're the they've got five fingers in their hands or whatever. I don't. Know. You see it all. You see it all over social media and stuff. There's still a, a healthy rivalry there. What's called the Dar- a derby. I don't know. I think it's just geographically people assume yeah. that, that that it is a derby, but it's not really. It's West Brom and and, and Wolves is more of a derby, but obviously the the the, the Blues Villa is, is the real derby. And and uh, you know, yeah, geographically, if you want to call it a derby, you can call it a derby if you want. But but for me, it's you know they're just another team that we need to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I don't I don't hate them. You know, for for any reason, shape, or form. But as I say, once again, I presume if I was living in Birmingham and I had to deal with Wolves fans on a daily basis and work, I might have more ire towards Wolves. 
Yeah. An interesting one, actually. I, I actually kind of look pretty fondly on Wolves because my cousin used to play for Wolves um, uh, back uh, in 2013, 2014. Anthony Ford was his name. He was 17 years of age. He got his big break against... Uh, it was funny, actually. Mick McCarthy was the manager. Mick McCarthy used to play him in the big games against Arsenal, good Chelsea teams back then. He played against uh, played against all those. And the reason that he used to start them was because he just did what he was told. He was only 17 years of age, but he just did what he was told. And yeah. uh yeah, so uh yeah, it would have would have looked at, always looked out for wolves uh, results from then on. But uh as I say, I'm sure there's people screaming at their iPhone there or screaming at their at their phone or going, this will never shut up talking about wolves in a nice light. <laughs> Feeling them up. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. For me, when when I initially was a season ticket holder and used to go a lot when I was younger, wolves were like probably two divisions below us. Um I remember it was actually this time of year, if you remember the time we came back from 2-0 down to beat Arsenal when Santa Claus landed on the, yeah, not intentionally landed on the yeah. roof of the Trinity Road. But the day before that, Robbie Keane was playing for Wolves mm. and we had gone over, obviously, booked a long weekend because you don't know what Sky are going to do with the Business matches. Fixtures, so yeah. uh, for something to do on the Saturday, we went to see Wolves. I was trying to think who they played. I think it might have been Derby. But it was mainly just to go and uh, to watch Robbie Keane because we, yeah. we were all Irish, obviously, and it was just the nearest one without going too far in the freezing cold in December. But uh, we actually had a good day out and they accepted us very well, even though we told them straight out we were Villa fans. So um, that animosity that's probably there now wasn't there back then because they were so yeah. far behind us. It was it was like playing a non-league team, you know, if yeah. we were to play them. I, I don't recall... Um, ever going to see us playing Wolves funnily enough I've never uh, either yeah uh, West Brom Blues yeah but Wolves I don't think I ever have so um, yeah we'll, we'll stop the love in with Wolves now and just get just, just get yeah. to beating them on Saturday yeah. beat these beat them fucking we, we can come back down we can talk about it afterwards uh, but we do yes we've got a game uh, an alien thing for us after the last 10 to 14 days of not having a game, but we do mm. have a game and uh, it's uh, 12 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. So a nice, nice early-ish kickoff. Maybe even the Met police or maybe even the, the police in Birmingham seem to think that it's, or police in Wolverhampton seem to think it's a bit of a derby having it on at 12 o'clock. Usually they, 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 they pick the unsavory games or the unsavory uh, clash, clashes that potentially might happen for the 12 o'clock game. So maybe they I think, think the pubs are still closed. So I don't think there'll be too much. Uh... Oh, it's tier three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And sure people can't go to the games. What am I talking about? So <laughs> literally just to, just to have the, uh, have a game on at 12 o'clock, which I'm not complaining about because it's great to get up on a Saturday walk the dog have the breakfast and sit down into an evening uh, basically an afternoon mm. of football from 12 o'clock onwards I'm just worried about the fact that I'm going to the pub to watch it it's, it's, a, mm. it's an early time of the day to start having a beer yeah and sure we'll see if, if we win I might be booking uh, for those that don't know in Ireland you have to book a nine euro meal in order to sit in the pub for yeah for what's it two hundred and five minutes is that was that what they came some ridiculous time one hundred and five minutes yeah yeah, yeah one hundred and five yeah, minutes yeah so and it's so. funny because it used to be, it was ninety minutes and then the Irish public gave up, clicked up stink because they wanted to go and watch matches yeah. and they never they never factored in half time 
So then it was a case of, oh shit, yeah, actually, do you know what we better do? We better give him an extra 15, 20 minutes. I think it might yeah. actually be 115 minutes. So it gives you... It covers half-time and injury time. It gives, yeah, it covers <laughs> half-time. It gives you time to finish the last three swigs of your, swigs of your beer before you have to leave afterwards. Um, yeah, yeah so, so I figure another 105 minutes might be booked for in another pub close by. For do you know what you do? Do you know what you do, Paddy? Book a room. Book a room. You can stay there as long as you want, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jeez, Either way, here it's nice. It's nice to it's nice to think that a few of the monster lions will get together on yeah. on Saturday afternoon. So I'll probably come back and have a snooze on Saturday afternoon after the game. <laughs> well, if yeah. we win, it's a strange, it's strange time. But look, it would it'd be great to be actually over there and be be on the the batter after it. But that's mm. life, isn't it? Yeah, I've got a I've got a real hankering for lately. You know, even the getting up like. Last time I went, I got up and I got a bus up to Dub- up to Dublin Airport at like quarter past three in the morning, quarter past two in the morning. I was up, got a bus, was up there, caught a half six flight to Birmingham and then caught a, I think it was like half ten flight from Birmingham back home, caught a bus from, Dub- from, from Dublin then at 12 o'clock. I was 24 hours traveling. I was fairly sozzled by the end of it now. I can guarantee you that. Uh, I was fairly well on it, like, you know, coming down. And I I slept on the bus coming home, put it that way. But I didn't get home to about quarter past two. But uh, just bloody enjoyable. Like, you know, the, the anticipation of getting over to Villa Park. The, the worst part of it is when you get to Birmingham and you're walking around waiting for the bullring to open up. And you're like going, Jesus Christ, for the place ever open up. Because I, lo- I look like a homeless fella yeah. just wandering around the center of Birmingham waiting for things to open. Um. That's the hardest part, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I really I, the last couple of weeks have been tough now. I'd say because mm. I, I think it's partly because we've had no game. I don't think I watched any football at the weekend. I just couldn't. I don't care. Bring myself it. to it. So no. did a few jobs around the house and and chilled out. But it's 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 like an international break. This one, the, mm. you know, there's football going on, but just have no interest in it. So. Looking forward to getting back. We'll we'll have a lot of games thrown at us over the next couple of weeks, so it's going to be uh, there's going to be no rest. Well, I hope there's not. I hope there's no more COVID cases or anything to worry about. Jesus, and, yeah. You know yeah. that we're look. We are looking forward to a full festive period of football because it's my favourite time of year to to sit and watch. Um, you know, on the in the golf, what they call the sec- the third day moving day, is it? Mm, yeah. I feel that Christmas is the time where the the league kind of evens out and. You start to see the cream come to the top, so I'm hoping we can pick up the points that we require because, by all accounts, we're going to have a busy January as well. If if the FA Cup and Carabao Cup go our way, as in um, Man City and Newcastle aren't knocked out, they're going to be fitting in those games somewhere in January. So it's going to, it's going to be a busy six weeks from here to the end of January, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, I, I take it by by a kind of half announcing those figures that are those fixtures that they're expecting us to lose to Liverpool in the FA Cup. So maybe we might surprise them and draw out those fixtures a bit more. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm torn between whether I want us to draw out those fixtures to just get them over and done with. Like because going back to the fact that the Newcastle game was cancelled, I firmly believe, and I know that it was just a, a short and and concise statement from Aston Villa saying they agreed with the whole situation, but the basis of the game being cancelled itself, the, the I suppose within the rule book and within the, the, the Premier League rules and so on, means that, uh, you know, it, it probably shouldn't have, like, it, it wasn't an automatic cancellation. There was no reason for the FA to say, actually, we need to cancel this game. 
you know, they didn't meet the parameters for a cancellation. Yeah. So I would imagine they would have had to go, go to Aston Villa or Villa went to them and said, listen, lads, let's not play silly bogus here. Can you, will we cancel the game? And you'd like to think that, uh, you know, then when you turn around and see that the, that the two games that need to be played are played within three days of each other and you're kind of going, well, who the fuck does that? Like, like that's that's not really fair because one of them is Man City and one of them is Newcastle. So then, you know, they're not exactly gimmies, you know, no. so. I know they have to be played at some stage, but to play the two of them after a heavy Christmas period and then lump them on to the end of the January, the end yeah. of January when players are going to be tired. I don't I think know. There's, a, there's a lot of combinations and permutations before that actually happens. Yeah. They're relying true. on them not getting any further in, in the cup competitions, which is probably a bit unlikely that we'll play both of them. But look, we'll see. Um, I'm kind of surprised that the, they've let that that Man City game go on so long that they haven't mm. managed to factor in somewhere. But I'm sure they're afraid of uh, listening to Pep Guardiola giving out about fixture congestion and they'll just lump it on us then in January when nobody cares about Aston Villa anyway. Yeah, yeah that is true. And, you know, the reason that I bring that up is because all of a sudden from being in the Heady Heights two weeks ago or three weeks ago of being up in the top four, top five, top two, you know, in the league over the last couple of weeks, we now find ourselves in 12th position. And the team that we played the weekend, Wolves, are in 10th position, obviously with two games played more than us. And, and look, as I say, that is a heavy kind of a handicap for us to have two games played less than everybody else. But it, this game against Wolves, by no means, as I say, we started off kind of... Um, with a bit of a Wolves love, love him, but it's no way by no means a game that we can't go there and at least get something out of. You know, they, this isn't the Wolves teams of Wolves team of last year. No. Um, obviously, I suppose the biggest two names when you looked in the sheet last the team sheet last year, you would have said, right, if we can stop Raul Limenez, if we can stop Diego Jata, we'll have a fair chance. This year they don't have either of those due to obviously Jimenez's horrible injury, and hopefully he gets mm-hmm. re- gets well again soon and gets back to playing the game I, I i haven't looked up much into it but i don't know will what the prognosis is will he ever come back and play football you know obviously ryan mason yeah, seems to, seem to be positive enough after it so the, yeah the, the doctor seemed fairly happy with the with the procedure the procedure so yeah good luck to him i think it, it's uh you know as we, we've seen some footballers haven't recovered from injuries like that so um i'm sure it will be a bit of a, a fright and a scare for him but hopefully what the doctor says is true and he, he, he'll be back at some stage before the end of the season but as I said only time will tell yeah and but you're, uh, you're right though it's it's a it's a completely different team without the two of them in it that's not to say that they haven't got people who can punish us I, I really like Daniel Pudenz who, yeah. who, will, who will no doubt flourish in that team with, without those two um, he's already he's already do, done quite well from what I've seen um, they're lacking a bit of goals um, that's the thing you know and that's probably where we could do with playing them this weekend, to be honest, after our last couple of games. Um, I, I just watched the highlights of the Liverpool one there before we come on, and the defending seems pretty shambolic. And to see players like Nelson Semedo and, and Connor Cody getting 4 out of 10 on a couple of match reports doesn't bode well for them. Like Connor Cody is a really good player. I like him. Um, There's a but. Like- There's a but with Connor Cody. Connor Cody flourished as. The middle of a back three, yeah, and, and now he's been asked to play in the and back now he's four. Playing a back four, so it's completely yeah. different, yeah. And, and Semedo and, and Mar, Mar, Marcal, Marcel, I, I don't know how to mm. pronounce it. The left back, call him Fernando. We call him, <laughs> yeah, we call him the left back. 
I think he came in from Leon or somewhere like that. I think he he was actually a decent deal for them. I think he was he think he was little to no money. Um, they're obviously going to be tasked with bomb, with bombing forward. Like the way that they play midfield with Moutinho, Neves, then Dunker, there isn't pace there. There's no. there there's steel, there's determination, there's nice flair with the ball, there's 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 good range of passing there. Then Don obviously scored against us last year from the edge of the area. They're very good technical footballers. We know what Moutinho can do, but he isn't an engine. Uh, and Raul Neves is is is, is a, a defensive midfielder by trade back there. Mm-hmm. Um so they need their fullbacks to get up the field. And I think that hey, would you like to see Jack Grealish up against Nelson Semedo? I think I would. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Not that I think not that I think Grealish is going to take him to the cleaners or anything. Well, I do think that because I think Grealish is one of the best footballers on the planet at the moment. But I, I'm looking forward to seeing it because Semedo is, a, is an accomplished player in his own right. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's he's been a revelation for Wolves since he's come in there and, you know, arguably the best player that they've had this year. Yeah, still, still finding his feet, like, but, you know, he's a great CV behind him. But it's a complete uh, culture shock to come to the Premier League from playing in, in Portugal and, and, of course, Barcelona. So it'll be interesting. Um, I haven't seen too much of him this season. I, 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 could, I think the only game I watched was, uh, was it Leicester that, that were beaten by a few weeks ago. Um, I just happened to have nothing on. I watched that one. Um, saw a little bit of them beating Arsenal, but I think with the Leicester game, I, I wasn't too... He looked like a fella who had just come from a... From a a different league and was trying was struggling with the pace of it. Mm. So um it'll be interesting to see what he makes of Jack Grealish at the weekend because I can't imagine they're gonna with, with who they have available, I can't imagine they're gonna change to back to the three for now. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. Although Roman Sice is back in, in action again. He's back off the COVID list and he is available. Mm. Uh maybe they bring him back in there and make a three because he has played in the three. Then Donkers dropped back and played in the three before. Um yeah. Do they do that? I I I don't know. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not sure, Dave. Like Nuno is Nuno's a crafty coach. Um, going forward, back against Liverpool for me was uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like it it doesn't strike me as the smartest thing to try a new formation against the Liverpool team. Um, but it didn't work out for them. You know they they were comprehensively beaten four uh, nil, and I think that that would have to play into our favor. Obviously mm-hmm. they're. You know, any team that gets beaten four 0 is uh, is a team that's probably asking themselves questions over the last week. I would imagine so. Um, they they've been playing it for the last couple of games, or the last few games. But uh, I'm trying to think, was it the Leicester game they switched it after? It probably was. Um, they have a guy there as well, Max Kilman, who hasn't played the last few games. I really liked him when I saw him play. Um, obviously making making way for the, for those two fullbacks to come in. So. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of formation they put out. I would imagine they would see us as as a goal threat, so it it'll probably stick with the back four. But it'll be interesting to see, as as you say, Connor Cody has, has struggled to cope with it, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, looking at Villa side, don't think we can see too much change in that Villa side. Uh, interesting once again. The question, the big question, everyone's going to ask is who comes in instead of Ross Barkley after he's been ruled out for certain he won't be playing at the weekend. Who mm. comes in? I think I still think it's Conor Horan. Once again, it only ever takes 20 minutes of football for the whole fan base to be divided on Conor Horan. Um, 
some love him, some hate him, and that's always going to be the way it is. I, it's so much so that this is the last time I think I'm going to mention it in the podcast that some love and some hate him. It's just just the way it is, and we're we're, gonna, we're just going to have to deal for, with it. For as long as I've been a Villa fan, we've always had some kind of scapegoat in there. Yeah, and it just seems to be Connor this time around. Um, you know, you can go back to we won't go back too far, but you look at Ashley Westwood would have been before Connor, in my opinion, yeah. and he divided everybody. Look, whether you like him or not, whatever the reason is for it, um, he's been really good for us since he signed. He scored goals, created goals. Um, he's not the complete all-round midfielder. I don't think at his age that's ever going to be the case. Is he the best of what we have to put in there at the moment? Yes, I think he is. I think he's a completely different player to Nakamba, and I can't see that been the change. Mm. Um, but who knows? With all the games coming up in, in the next few weeks, maybe it is. Um, or maybe it's Bertrand Traore. Who knows? Who knows what's going on in training? So, um, as we always say, in Dino, we trust whatever he decides to do is fine with me. If it is Connor, so be it. Um, gives us that little bit extra. Um, the one the one change, I won't, I won't call it a change as such. The one thing I would like to see, based on what's gone on, in previous games, I'd like to see Grealish and Trezeguet switch sides every now and again, mm. just to mix things up a little bit. I'd just like to see what Trezeguet is like coming in from that side because he, he he lacks a bit of composure coming in, you know, onto his wrong foot. So, um, just to mix it up and just see if he can offer anything else. Um, I think Jack would do as equally as as, as good a job, you know, if if it is fifteen twenty minutes of a game just to mix it up on the right hand side. I think he'd be fine. I, you know, I don't. I don't think we're going to see uh, Jack falling into the middle and playing that Ross Barkley role. I, I just don't think. Well, it's, it's I don't know what's going on in in uh, in Dean's head, but I can't see it. Um, it is another option, obviously, but uh, yeah, I think I think we'd probably look at the same team that started against West Ham. Like we haven't played badly. We've just been. You know, we've been beaten by via well, not beaten, but you know, it was uh, the two drawable games and two penalties that we probably should have been given, or no clear and obvious error on the offside. But anyway, it's it's just one of those things. We we we'll, we move on through, it and hopefully we're not talking about VAR at the weekend, and uh, we can go on and get three points. But there's, there's no there's no obvious changes in the team. Um, it's great to see. Um. Tom Heaton and Wesley and the likes back training mm. um, and even Bjorn Engels today because I think it's important you know I said it the last day about Tyrone Mings being a little bit comfortable so it's no harm I'd like to see Courtney Hawes back to, to match fitness as well that we can mix it up a bit there because there's a lot of games coming up now and there, there is, there's going to be games where on 60 minutes that we need to freshen it up or give people a break hopefully that we're <laughs> games that we're winning so We'll see. Um, I don't think this is going to be the game. That there'll be too many changes. Could be Thursday night against Burnley, uh, with a short turnaround after that. So, um, let's see what happens at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for definite. Um, if I was to throw to you that we have a player who's played seven hundred and twenty minutes at twenty-two shots on goal and hasn't scored. I'm not going to name who the player is. If I was to say that you've had someone who's had 70, 720 minutes of football 
uh, had 22 shots on goal and hasn't scored. Do you think that he should start? Do I think he should start on those stats? Yeah. Just go, just go to throw those stats out. Yeah, yeah. Probably not. Um, I presume it's Trezeguet, is it? It's Trezeguet, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm not saying that. Like this is this is me coming from the angle of once again, it just it just got me thinking about scapegoatism. Trezeguet mm. as well. We've heard people looking for him to be taken off. He's shit was cream, you know, 180 minutes ago, yeah. two games ago, it was fantastic. Again, in the Arsenal game, he ran himself into the ground. It just goes to show that a pat in the back is only a couple of inches away from the kick in the arse really a lot of the times. And and God, I'm really trying out the, the, the old Irish phrases there with those two. <laughs> Shit is cream, pat in the back, kick in the arse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really good ones. But um, I think, I suppose really what I'm getting at here is as we get, what I'm trying to say here is that the, the, the scapegoatism, which we called it a moment ago, yeah, is going to be replaced with uh, squad rotation. And I think is uh, my question for you here, Paddy, is just after popping into my mind is, is it the natural progression for a club who would have to rely on a historic Aston Villa has been a club that's had to rely on, you know, 16, 17 players throughout the course of a season. You know, we won the league with what, 13 in, in 82, we won uh, 81, we won 14, 13, players. 14 players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've traditionally been a team that hasn't had a massive squad and wealth of players. Yeah. And um, as we start to add to this team, and I've no doubt in three weeks' time when the, tra- when the transfer window opens again, we will most likely see probably another, you know, another two or three players come into this team. Uh, is it something that we as fans have to get used to that just because someone has dropped doesn't mean he's a scapegoat or just because somebody has picked doesn't mean we have to go, ah, Jesus, what's this fella playing for? The squad rotation is going to become more pivotal for us because as and what I'm getting at here is a long-winded is I throw the stat and say 720 minutes, 22 shots and no goals. And then I say it's Trezeguet and then you think back to the Arsenal game and how brilliant he was. Think back to the Liverpool game, how brilliant he was. And you think back to the games that when we've won, he's been on fire. Yeah, the Goals aren't coming. So, is that a stage that we need to get get past as fans as if we're going to climb the league and if we're going to to I suppose build a build a squad more so than a team? Well let's let's phrase this question a bit better, right? Let's see uh hypothetical question. Wesley's fit. Mm-hmm. Who plays who plays up front on, on Saturday? Wesley and Ali Watkins plays in the right. That what, I what, I, what, I, it, I I just can't see it any other way. He, he, he'd it. have to try and fit the two of them in and make a striker out of Wesley. Um, it's it's a it's a cutthroat business. Like you're talking about, we've never been a team that that uh, had a load of players in, in in backup to survive in this league now and to push on. We're going to need players in backup at the moment. It's blatantly obvious that what we have in the back backup either isn't up to fitness yet or not ready. You know, we're talking about Traore, we're talking about Ramsey, we're talking about, you know, I know it gets thrown around a lot. He's still very young, Louis Barry. Um, there's a lot of players in that uh, under-23s and under-21s that we've got great hope for, but they're just not ready. So we will need to strengthen. I, I would imagine it's going to be at least three players, if not four, coming in. You know, that, and I don't necessarily mean that they're all going to be strikers or attacking players. I think, I think we're, I think we're shy on the left and left back. I think, I think we'd probably bring someone in there. I think he might bring in another defender. Um, so, uh, Trezeguet, 
again, he's, he's just, there's no one there to challenge him at the moment from what I can see. And let's be fair, he worked really, really hard and he was very good after lockdown. He's continued that into the season. He's played very well. It's just that there's the, the end product just doesn't seem to be there with him. And, you know, he's worked on everything else. Perhaps he can work on that and, and develop an end product. Um, I can't see where it's going to come from. I hope it does. I'd love to see him score eight, nine, ten goals a season. I think it would be a great contribution for him from from the style of play that he has. I'm sure he'd probably be thinking he needs more goals than that. Um, but yeah, I think of the team we have there. If you if you had Barkley back in it, he he's the only one really that's struggling from my point of view to to stay in the team because if you if you bring if you bring Wesley back and Watkins plays wide right. You might never see Trezeguet again. I would see him all right. I'd yeah, see. but you 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 see. I, I don't. I mean, you're you're, going, you're only going to see him when people get injured or people need a rest yeah. or whatever. Like like I suppose point in case there is Amar Al Ghazi. You know, we've we've uh, he he played. Look, he's there. He's mm. with the club. You know, he is very much. He's played ninety minutes so far. He's had three three uh, substitute appearances. You go back two years ago. This time two years ago when he had. So just signed for the club um, in the in the, the June previous and he was scoring free kicks and he was one of our big players in the championship the year before we, uh, the year we went up. Um, now what's happened is the team has evolved and now he's a squad player. But mm. still, we castigated him as a scapegoat last year for, for a couple of games because we didn't think he was up to the... He didn't have the, the stomach yeah. for the fight. And I stand over that and I stand over it. Oh, when yeah. Said it about, about Trezeguet as well. You know, last season, but in fairness to him, he he's brought his game on. That's it. Um, unfortunately for Al Ghazi, that hasn't been the case. Um, you know, if he comes down and pings two in the top corner on Saturday, as I say, when the fact change, facts change, I'll change my opinion. <laughs> you know, yeah, but he's, he's had he many wants. chances. He had many chances to change that fact, yeah, and it just hasn't course. happened for him. Yeah. Um. He, let's face it, he was poor last season. Mm. You know, that's just my opinion of it. But I'm sure I don't think I'd have too much. Uh, People saying, "No, you're wrong, Paddy." You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I honestly don't see a future for El Ghazi. I think if someone came in in January, I think Dean would snap their hands off to to get him off the books. So he's not the only one. There's a few of them sitting there that that need to probably ship out. Um, and I'm sure this is a conversation we'll have in three weeks' time. When let's face it, it when we go into the first of January, we'll know exactly what kind of fight we're in for the rest of the season because. We, we, we've got games upcoming that we should really be winning. And, uh, you know, getting points on the board changes everything. Um, we have a tough one um, on Saturday, obviously, against Wolves on paper. It's a tough one, but, you know, I'd fancy us to get something out of it. I'm not expecting us to go and hammer them by any means, but I do expect us to go and at least get six or seven points from Burnley, West Brom and Crystal Palace. You might say I'm dreaming there, but that's I think that's achievable. Um, I I don't think there's any excuse for not beating Burnley, or or the Baggies for that for that matter, um, and you know I think if I think if we won the two of them and got a point off Crystal Palace, I I, I would snap your hands off now before we got to play Chelsea. Mm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think we're in a points accumulation situation at the moment. I said that before the Brighton game as well. I would have expected us, even after the Brighton game when we had Newcastle, to say, all right, accumulate points at all costs mm-hmm. lose games. Like, that's that's probably going to be tattooed across my forehead the day I die, is don't lose games. Um, but I think that's why I'm di- more disappointed with the Newcastle game, because I think we could have done with it. Mm. I think we could have done... I think it's one we could have taken three points from, and that's, that's yeah. what annoyed me the most, that it didn't go ahead. But look, safety force, that's fine. We're over that, and we'll worry about that when it comes around the next time, but... Yeah, and, and I think as well, in an inadvertent way, and it can work against us because we know we've been, you know, after breaks, after international breaks, we haven't exactly been our most potent, but we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We've seven players who've played every minute of football for Aston Villa this year. So, you know, and I look, granted that it's only, what, 10 games? It's only nine games is all we've played, but still, it's, it's every minute of football for Aston Villa. And, any break that we get, like like it has to be, you know, we've got a 12 o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. These boys only played, what Wolves only played on the Sunday last week. Mm. So they've only six day turnaround. We have a 12 day turnaround. Yeah. 13 day turnaround. 12 day, 13, yeah, 12 day. On turnaround. paper, it should help. No doubt there was there was time off in there as well to, to rest oh, yeah. and see their yeah. families and do whatever. So, mm. uh, um, you know, we still, you know, having said, Named all the players off. How many did you say? Seven played every game. Seven played have played every minute. Yeah. Yeah. So you know you're looking at like Keenan Davis still to come back in. Wesley still injured. Mm-hmm. Freddie Gilbert, the two centre halves, Engels and House still hanging in there. You know, there's there's a lot of changes to be that could be made in that if everybody is oh, fit. Yeah. But we're never going to have the situation that everybody's fit. You're always going to have knocks and in, injuries and a, a long term injury thrown in there for good measure. Um, but look, I'm I'm confident enough that we'll be in a good position. As I said, m- my aim is to get those points on the board after we play Crystal Palace, and and judge it from there. Um, I don't think this weekend is a must win, but I would like to no. see us getting something out of it. I I would I would take a draw, but I think we're good enough to go and beat them. Mm. Yeah, and that's the way I am. I'm thinking it the same. Just just for the optics of it and the posterity of it for me, I know I mentioned that we've two games less played, but I fucking hate seeing 12th beside us after the start we've had. Now, conversely, if I if, if it was this time last year and I saw 12th beside Aston Villa's name, I would be delighted. But there's just something about it, and I think the players will be the same. I don't think that... I, I know that the, I, I probably said as well, and I know that... I think you might have said it as well, that we might be looking over our shoulders... Um, you know, after the result against Brighton, but I think that we've had time off. There yeah. is no excuse for fatigue. There's no excuse not to be prepared for this game. We knew in lots, we knew in in lots of time that the Newcastle game was called off. Shift mm-hmm. the attention to the Wolves. You have an extra two or day, two or three days, the game plan, two or three days to put stuff on the on the the training pitch, two or three days more um, video study that you would have had for Wolverhampton Wanderers previously. There is no excuse not to have a game plan for this. There is no, no excuse yeah. not to go out there. So what will cost us? I, I, the only thing I could see costing us the game here is wonder strikes and shitty defending. And that's what's killed us so far this year because I think we've been prepared. every bar the, bar the Leeds game, I think we've been prepared for everything that people have thrown at us. And I don't think that Wolves will, have the, will, have, will be able to execute the same game plan as Leeds. They just don't have the pace in the middle of the park. Mm-hmm. 
they obviously have Traore and, and Neto, but I don't think that they have the pace in the middle of the park. So I'm expect I would be expecting us to come out here with our heads screwed on big style. And you know, I I, I would be expecting a performance out of this team. Now, do I expect us to win? It's hard to go to any team away in this league and win. We are better on the road. And saying that, I'm I'm plumping for a two one win to Aston Villa. I think I think yeah. that's well within the well within the remit is a two one win. Absolutely, and I'd snap your, snap your hand off for one nil at this stage. Um, I think we just need to get the, the 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 train back on the tracks for now. And you know, I think I think it'd be a huge three points for us. I'd be happy with one. Um, given the game, the couple of games we have coming up next, I think they're the ones that we can uh, really tack on as the ones we want to to get three points from. You know, just you're looking at the table. Leeds are absolutely delighted. With, with with their season mm-hmm. yet they're behind us with, with two more games played so you know when you put things in perspective we're not doing too bad oh no we're not it's it, yeah a hundred percent and like yeah absolutely the 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 team is going to shuffle out to to or the the league should say yeah bar, bar southampton it's shuffling out to where we thought it would be and, and yeah and it, as, as i said even even more so you know when we look at this in, in the new year as in the first week of the new year when we're heading into that FA Cup fixture, I guarantee you when we look at it, there's going to be a whole lot more moving and shaking. You can see, you know, the likes of Arsenal might push on ahead. You know, I think certain people will bottom out. I think West Ham will bottom out um, and start to start to fall down the table. Palace, you know, and you'll start to see a bit of a, a, a trend in at the top. Mm. And I think once we stay within touching distance, because we're still going to have a two games in hand on everybody. Yeah. But I think... For me, get something out of this on Saturday and win the next two games, and we, we we'll be we'll be more than comfortable going into the new year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have a little tipple on this the weekend, just because I brought up the fact that Trezeguet uh, hasn't scored in uh, all those minutes and he's taken 22 shots. I think I'm going to back Aston Villa to win and Trezeguet score anytime. And um, some of you guys may or may not know. I think I mentioned it in my podcast with Tom uh, from Villa and Pro during the week. Limerick are playing the All-Ireland Hurling Final. And if that bet comes in and nets me a bit of cash, I might be drunk for the week if Limerick win the All-Ireland Hurling Final. And I Sunday. think they'll be drunk for the week anyway. <laughs> oh, well, I fucking, if anybody from work has listened to this podcast, I've got I've got a work meeting at 10 o'clock, but it might be one of those all picture and no sound work meetings at Monday morning <laughs> at 10 o'clock because I don't have we the day a off. photograph in front of your camera. And oh, <laughs> blurry eyes. Yeah, I'll have to put on some sort of a mask or wear glasses. If I'm inside that meeting wearing, wearing uh, sunglasses, that these people will know that Limerick won but um, yeah and for anybody who doesn't watch or doesn't know what we're talking about just google Limerick hurling and uh, you'll be addicted forever it's just the best but um, I'll, I'll save my, I'll save my uh, Dublin football talk for next week so that was your football <laughs> football, is, football is just soccer for goalkeepers that's all that is it's for bad hurlers and soccer for goalkeepers <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but uh, I've got great goalkeepers, so haven't they? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, well, the goalkeeper that you guys have has been there for like 85 years, you can't get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, he's Jesus, he's tipping on now. But, um, actually, did he play, play over in England? Did he play? I know he played League Verland, but did he play over in England? I don't think he did, actually. I don't think so, no, no, no I don't think so. Smashing goalkeeper, he probably could have. He's a great goalkeeper, but anyway, we digress, we digress. Um, yeah, it's Villa Wolves the weekend. Paddy, I, I I shouted out my my prediction of two one. What was yours? I'm gonna go at one nil. Villa. 
Monil Villa, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why. That's more in hope now than anything else. But yeah, I, I said I'd take a drop, but I'm going for a 1 0. I think we I think we can win it. I won't be too disappointed with a drop, but I think we yeah. can go and beat them. Yeah, absolutely. So do I. I absolutely think so as well. Um, I think they need to write the write the ship after a four 0 loss to Liverpool. Both of our last two losses, while they have been losses, they've been two one losses, and we feel aggrieved in both of them. We probably should have at least came away with a point from both of those. So I don't think I think that our um our morale uh meter is probably a bit higher than Wolves at the moment. Wolves are probably still reeling from losing yeah. their top scorer. We feel aggrieved and we're a bit hard done by our performances have merited more than we've gotten from those last two games. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're we're playing away from home once again, and 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 that's where our our, well, that's our where good I, I really think from. that the, the performance, if they if they keep the performance level as it is, they just need to back it up with a couple of goals, and yeah. there's going to be some very happy fans around having beaten Wolves. You know, I know I know we said it's not a derby. There's a lot of people going to work and have to yeah. look at their faces every day, and I know a few of them myself, believe it or not. So. It's a, it's a, it's a big game. It's a big game in, in it's a big game for Wolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to meeting with the Munster Lions on, on Saturday and having a few beers and having my little afternoon nap while watching the rest of the football. But it'll be, uh, it'll be a happy Saturday and, and best of luck to Limerick on, uh, on yeah. Sunday. And I, I hope you're, uh, I hope you're hungover and you're meeting on Monday and enjoy it. I won't. I won't even be going to a pub to watch it, but I would kill for some fresh, creamy pints of Guinness watching that. No, actually, do you know what? I killed to be above and Croke Park watching it. And last time, and, and drinking pints again, drink, <laughs> drinking pints the night before, and, and and just before the game. Yeah, but just to give you a linkling into 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 Limerick. Limerick didn't win it since nineteen seventy three, but they won it in, in two thousand and eighteen. And I had never seen Limerick win the All Ireland Championship, but after they won, the, the final whistle was blown. I got this mad pain in my head and my watch started going 90 to the gallon. It was beeping. It was doing everything. I looked down and my heart rate was 100 and, 100 and something like 187 or something like that. It was fucking through the roof. <laughs> and my watch was basically telling me, sit down. And I was there going, I've waited all my life to see Limerick win an Ireland Championship and I'm going to have a stroke. What's my look like? <laughs> That's like, you know, I was going through my mind. <laughs> But a quick sit down and a sup of water and I was back right as rain again. I think it was more to do with the massive amounts of alcohol consumed the night before than it was to do with liver quitting. But uh, yeah, my watch was going mad on my on my wrist telling me to tell me to sit down. But look, once again, I digress. That's neither here nor there with Aston Villa. Um, but we both we both confident that Villa are going to win. Well, not confident. We're both hopeful that Villa are going to win at the weekend. We're both confident of a, of a result. And uh, yeah, as I say, this is once again back to because back to winning ways again. Hopefully, and, and trying to write it write the ship because if for nothing else, Aston Villa, uh, Aston Villa players, Neil doesn't like seeing twelve beside the Aston Villa name. I want to see more more uh, a lower number um, than twelve beside the name when I'm looking at the league. Um, anything else, Paddy? Was there anything else that went on? Um, I don't think there was any any other massive mm-hmm. uh, shout out to. Uh, obviously, we had Tom on the podcast uh, during the week. To, uh, yes, two days ago. Um, for Villa and Proud, uh, Rainbow Laces campaign. Um, yeah, watch out for that. I really enjoyed it. It reminded me of um, twenty sixteen. Um, you can indulge me for a couple of minutes. Well, um, I went to Villa Park. Uh, we had our Lions Club Awards on the Saturday night and we played Burnley on the Sunday, last match of the season. Um, so we headed off on the 
Friday night, came over, stayed in Broad Street. Myself and Stephen headed off to Villa Park. And on the way back, the taxi man said, oh, we've got to avoid the city centre. And I was like, why do you avoid the city centre? We're staying in Broad Street. You have to go through the city centre. So as we, he weaved in around the traffic and you could see there was a march going through the middle of town and I couldn't get my head around it at all. But as we got closer, everyone in the marsh was carrying Irish tricolours. And I said to your man, I said, well, you got to let me out here and have a look because, you know, bear in mind that the, the history of what's happened in Birmingham with, with, with the IRA and, you know, yeah, don't yeah. condone any of that. And uh, I just couldn't get my head around the fact, you know, and I completely forgot that Ireland had had um, a vote on the Friday for gay marriage. Mm. So to the actual pride in, in my heart to walk through the streets of Birmingham and see the pride flags, the Union Jacks, the English flags, the, the Irish tricolours, everybody was just so happy and celebrating the fact that we, we had voted against it. And it just it just came to my mind when I listened to you talking on, on the podcast on my walk yesterday morning. Yeah, voted for it, Paddy. We voted, we became the first first country in... Voted for we it, the, yeah. We were the first country in the world to legalise it. Um, I don't no, know. No, 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 no. You could do it in England years ago. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, it was a big, it was a big deal. It was a big deal yeah. at the time. But uh, now I, I just completely, you know, be, because you, you, you know, the history. I've, I've always tried to tone, tone down the fact that I'm Irish, and you're a little bit worried about how people react to you. So to see all the flags walking through the streets of Birmingham and everybody clapping mm-hmm. and singing and dancing and having fun and just being generally over the moon. It was fantastic to watch. In May 2015, Paddy, you're right. It was uh, the Irish people were the first to legalise same-sex marriage, first country in the world to do a true public vote. Ha-ha. So there there we go. go. We were the first to bring in the smoking ban and we were the first to bring in same-sex marriage. (laughs) Two things Irish, Ireland are famous for. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but uh yeah, so look, best of luck to the to to Villain Proud uh for, for putting that on over the weekend as well and hopefully it gets the fanfare and the um I suppose the exposure that it deserves because if people can't see it happening, if people can't see the inclusion happening, then they won't know that it's happening. And if it just if it if it encourages one small child or just one uh, young person that may be struggling with their sexuality and feels that they can't be open about it, if it influences them to be a bit happier in their lives and come out come out and and and, and do whatever they need to do for themselves, then look, that's one uh, that's one person that's a bit happier in this world. So that's that's what I'm all about anyway. Um, Absolutely. So thanks, everybody. We're going to leave it at that. And we're going to look forward to the Wolves game, should I say, as well. And thanks again, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Catch One small bit of news before oh, yeah? we go. The, the, the ladies are, are Aston Villa ladies are 3-0 up at the moment. So it, it looks like they're uh, nearly home and dry. So best of luck to them and well done. Excellent. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, they are at 3-0 up, um, which is good. Actually, if there's anybody out there that's an aficionado of the women's, uh, the Aston Villa women's team, love to get them on and love to talk to them. Um, because as I say, just follow, we just score following and following whatever I can find on the internet about them. But I'd love to get, I'd love to hear from somebody that maybe has, has watched, has goes to their games religiously or went to their games religiously pre COVID because I'd love to, I'd love to talk to you about it. And I know the guys on, um, uh, I think it's under a gaslit lamp. They have their, uh, is it under a gaslit lamp? They yeah. have the, 
the they came as Aztec series as well, which is really interesting to listen to. But love to chat to anybody who has uh, has uh, skin the game in the, with the, with the women's team because uh, you know it's 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 really intriguing. I'd love to love to talk about it how the, how the club has grown in in that direction too as well. So anybody that's out there, get in contact, Paddy. You can get you on Twitter at, at @villapetty. You can find me on at Love McGrath, uh, Love McGrath Pod. Thanks a million as always to everybody for listening. I'll say it again: rob your friends' phones, subscribe them to them. They won't hate you for it. Be a cheapskate. Do it. To, do it for them for Christmas. It can be the best Christmas present you ever get them. Um, speaking of, not a segue. It wasn't wasn't intentional. Last few hats are still available. If anybody wants to get wants a hat, um, it's pinned to pinned to the podcast Twitter page. Um, I get them out ASAP. I had somebody who purchased one this morning at eight o'clock. It was on the back of uh, of a courier van at quarter past nine this morning. So that's the kind of efficiency. Uh, just caught me <laughs> caught me at the right time. I happened to be walking the dog, and I was walking past the post office, so I went straight in with it. Uh, but if anybody wants one, just give me a shout. And um, you know, as I say, uh, they're still there. But uh, yeah, that really does it. And all that's left to say, it's up the villa. Up the villa. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.